If you're enjoying this content that I'm bringing to you, don't forget to tell your friends and family, tell them all. Hey man, there's this crazy guy on the internet. His name's Christian, buddy. He's got a podcast. Don't forget to subscribe as well. Interact with the video. Hey man, I'm answering questions. Put a comment. Roast me. I don't care. Put anything there. Sending you strength, sending you peace and love. And I hope that you enjoy this episode today. Let's go. Thanks, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Christian Buddy Podcast. I am now with Cliff. How are you feeling today, Cliff? Feeling good, man. Glad to be here. Awesome. And you've recently published a book. I'm, I'm actually very curious about finding out a bit more and maybe the audience is a bit curious as well about your book. Do you mind expanding on that? Uh, yeah. So um, I recently just wrote a book called Martian, uh, a non-science fiction guide for how to love, raise, and possibly be someone not quite human. And uh, I'm a counselor uh, in West Virginia in the United States. So I have taken all these different experiences with individuals from toddlers all the way to adults that show like these extraordinary uh, skills and abilities and their nature and nurture can't take credit for it. They just kind of naturally, they just have these uh, inner drives, inner passions. Um, and I've kind of compiled a list of, of patterns and similarities that I've seen throughout all these different individuals who I now identify as Martians. I call them Martians. So Okay. Awesome. So another question off the back of that is do you believe in aliens <laughs> i know it's a bit a bit strange but um <laughs> yeah um, no uh it would be it would be it would be great um uh but uh <laughs> who knows who knows, who knows? Um, yeah i always said um what kind of led even to the title of the book i said uh, just the way i've always gone about life i said at the end of my life if they ever uh, were to open me up, there would be like a little green dude, like a little alien inside controlling everything. And um, so that's kind, of, that's kind of where the name Martian even came from. Oh, that's awesome. And how long did it take you to write the book in its, in, in its in full? Its yeah. Yeah. The, the concept came, uh, there have been bits and pieces, different things that I've said throughout my life that kind of play into it. But really the concept was about three years ago. And I started actually writing it about two years ago. So, so overall about three years from actually like pen to notebook to actually typing it out and putting wow. it together. About yeah. No worries. Wow. And what, what advice can you just say, for example, someone's listening and they want to write their own book and publish it on Amazon. What advice would you give to that person? To really you gotta just stay with it i mean that's the thing because you're gonna you want it to be perfect and uh and so it, it's almost discouraging especially if you're a first time writer you're doing uh you're publishing for the first time you're and and you're it's super vulnerable because you're putting your thoughts out there you're putting your work out there and uh and really the main thing is just to stick with it and see it through all the way to the end uh that's the big thing you're going to want to give up so many times along the way, but it's, it's very worth it in the end, ultimately, but you just got to stick with it. Got to stick with it. Yeah. And 
having a look at your socials, it appears that that is the theme of your life sticking to it. I can see you seem like a very competitive, there's a competitive aspect to you. And yeah, I mean, I think in life, yeah, if, if the setting goals is fine, but I think, yeah, we, I, I appreciate the fact that we need to stay on it, you know, and, and that's not an easy thing to do, you know, in, in today's, in today's right. world. Yeah. It's not an easy thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm constantly trying to look for anything new, especially physically, physically, like any, anything, any ideas that are crazy that I can push myself to try to do something that I've not done before or something that, uh, again, may make me want to quit. Like, I don't feel like I physically am able to do that. And then once you get on the other side of that, uh, the accomplishment, the sense of accomplishment is, is amazing. And then really set you up for everyday life. I mean, because when like little hiccups come, you're like, well, I've done that. So I, I'm sure I'll get through this. Like, What's the craziest thing you've ever done in your own opinion? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, the, the, the craziest thing was, uh, and I don't know how familiar you are with like the parks over here in the US, but like I did a, uh, a 15 mile hike in Utah in uh, Zion National Park, which is um, north of the Grand Canyon. And then I drove in the same day drove around um, to just south of the Grand Canyon and hiked and slept about two hours and then hiked about 20, 22 miles in that desert heat. So in the span of about 24 to 30 hours, uh, I hiked about 35 miles, drove four or five hours. That was the craziest thing I've ever, like I look back, I have no idea how I survived. I barely made it out of that. Uh, <laughs> how do you think you survived because do you, what was driving you through this these tough times because i'm always interested to hear about people's mindsets in these tough times and um do you mind expanding on that on your mindset well, I, was, I grew up uh the area that i'm from is very uh it's, it's really like a coal camp, like it's a coal mining town. Um, when you graduate, a lot of my buddies, like a lot of the guys will go into the coal mines. Um, and then there's few of us that uh, will actually leave. But a lot of us, a lot of people will stay in the area. And, um, and I'd made it to like 30 years old. And I realized I hadn't traveled. I hadn't really done anything. I hadn't really got out and, and seen as much as I've always wanted to. And, uh, and I just kind of decided that I was, gonna, <laughs> I was going to go take my buddy's Prius and, uh, I was going to drive around the Grand Canyon by myself and just hike and meet whoever I met, uh, sleep with my head at the, um, at the trunk and my feet up at the gear shift and just uh, make my way around the Grand Canyon, just hiking and, and seeing what all I could see. Um, I look back at that. Like, I mean, I literally had, I just, I don't know. There was just no stop. It was just go, go, go. Just see what you could do. I didn't have any regard for safety or like, I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, but out of that has come some of the greatest pictures, stories, memories that I have. Wow. 
And like in my office now, I have a lot of those pictures. Like if you've been on like the Instagram and stuff, like you've seen some of the, just these beautiful like landscape pictures, like I'll have them on the wall and I'm a school counselor. So like when some of these kids come in, cause I'm back where I grew up, I'm, I'm in Southern West Virginia. So these kids that come into my office that need counseling, you know, they'll often in the downtime, they'll look up at the wall and see all these pictures. And it's kind of like, I'm from the same place that you're from, like, I live in the same place and I still get to go to these places. Like you can still grow up, you know, and travel and go see that, you know, there's the world is so huge. Mm. Wow. And speaking of, because you are a counselor and Michael, I've got a bit of a deep question for you. Why, why do you like to counsel or help people? What draws you to that? Yeah. Well, I, I talk uh, a lot in the book, like my middle school years, that, those seventh, sixth, seventh and eighth grade years, um, I kept a lot of the experience that a lot of the experiences that were rough to myself. Um, I didn't share it with a whole lot of people. I just kind of internalized it. I know one of my best friends, he's re- reading the book right now. And he's like, I was with you the whole time through that. Like, and there's all these experiences. He says, I, I know, I believe you. I know that they were true, but you never said anything like there was, you never really talked about it. Um, but a lot of those stories, a lot of those rough times, I just, I just had always purpose that I want to go back and try to help anyone else that may have been going through that, that might've been suffering in silence, so to speak, to try mm. to catch those uh, signals that they're, that they're putting out, um, knowing what I felt and knowing probably the, signals that I put out unknowingly just being a kid and not yet knowing how to hide things as well. Uh, I want to go back and try to catch those in my students so that they can be, I know that school counselors are, are really supposed to focus on like academic well-being, but my big thing is if your mental health is, is right, academics will follow. Like, but if you're just because your academics is right, doesn't mean necessarily that your mental health is there. So I really yeah. focus on that aspect with the kids. Absolutely. Yeah. And what's been your biggest challenge with this mental health, trying to help kids in your opinion? Yeah. yeah the, uh, the, the biggest one is, is oftentimes uh, you're having to, I usually say the answer that typically will work um, is the most simplistic answer typically, but it's the hardest. I mean, you know this, if you're into fitness or anything, like every, everybody's always trying to look at like at this diet or that diet or what do I got to do to do, you know, and it's really the simplest answers are it's, you got to put in yeah, the work, right. yeah. do the hard work. Um, and, uh, and that's typically the hardest is with the kids is knowing that um, some of them come in with the deck stacks just against them. I mean, they, they just got dealt a really rough hand and knowing that, they have years before they get to start building their own world before they get to move out on their own. And so trying to counsel and help a student who is going to go home and see these examples in their house that are completely the opposite of everything that will help them progress. um, That's so, I mean, that that's tough is overcoming their homes. And, and again, not saying that all their homes are bad, but I'm just saying that's one of the biggest obstacles that if there's a kid in turmoil and their home is also in turmoil, I can't help their parents. I can't go into the home. I just have that student in front of me. 
And uh, that's always the toughest. Yeah, it must be a very difficult position you get put in because you can probably from you can probably see everything happening and 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 you can see the relationship with the parents and you can see the child and yeah, you can you you've got a good bird's eye view, but it's I guess it's very difficult for you to intervene in the in the in the parents side of things, I guess. I don't know. Um I'm, I'm that's just what yeah. what I'm sensing, yeah. Sometimes the parents are are will um will lean like will contact you and like really want uh want you to intervene and work and help them um but that's just that's not always that's not always the case um the students that i'm with right now i'm with 10th grade students now and uh i've been with this particular group since they were in fifth grade i was with them all through middle school and then when they transitioned to high school they opened up another counselor position at the high school and they moved me into that. So I've just continued. So now there's a lot of parents in that group that do know me now and we have that relationship and like uh, we can talk a lot and, and work. Um, but there's still just that that population um, of parents that are very tough to get a hold of, very tough to reach out to. And uh, but so all I have is the student. Mm. Uh, in front. Yeah. yeah just an experience I went through, I, I was the captain of a, of a tennis team and I had to manage all the players rosters and, and the schedules and things like that. And there was this, there was this one child who he, he wasn't, his results weren't as strong as the other, the other kids. And I, you know, I wanted to win. The team wanted to win. So I had to put the strongest team in. And I had to actually cut this kid from the team. And I still remember it was the hardest phone call. I actually had to, I contacted the kid first, but he didn't pick up. So I'm like, okay, I actually went to his parents and that was a big mistake because um, I got, I got yelled at over the phone, you know, because I, I, I I didn't really, I guess I didn't word myself right. Or I don't know, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. It can be tough intervening in that in that parent space or it can be a bit of a challenge so yeah constantly yeah. looking for ways to help them at home just as much as at school it's just we have more resources available at school than we do once they leave and what what is school like in because you're from uh is it charleston is it united states uh, that, that was the that see that's what's even i'm I'm from a place smaller than Charleston, but Charleston was the, that was the biggest area closest to me. Uh, I'm from a, outside. It's a, uh, it's called Beckley, West Virginia. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, it's in Southern West Virginia. So it's about an hour outside of Charleston. Shout out to Beckley. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So what, what's school like in Beckley? What's, what's a typical day? What does a typical day look like at? Um, Right now, with the pandemic, it's in- incredibly different. But the the typical day uh, would, I mean, the, the kids come in around seven in the morning, uh, have breakfast if they want it, and uh, they go through a few classes, lunch, and then a few classes, and then they're usually out by about two o'clock. Um, again, with the pandemic going on right now, it's much it's much different. Right now, we have on Mondays and Tuesdays if your last name is from A through L, you come to school. And on Wednesdays and Thursdays, it's M through Z. And then Fridays are kind of, the students are home, the teachers and all the staff's there, but it's kind of like a deep cleaning and like a 
a uh, planning day for the teachers uh, because half of our students are actually coming to school, the other half are virtual. Um, right. Yeah. So you have to manage the, the virtual and non-virtual right. aspect of everything. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. And what's the diet? I'm just curious. Like what, what are the, what, what, what do they serve? What food do they have at the schools? Just, um, uh, I mean, it, it just, it varies. varies uh, yeah. yeah, it does. Um, I mean, it just switches up from, I mean, really just about, I mean, really anything between uh, the breakfast is, is um, they'll do like the, the fruit parfaits. Um, and for lunch is typically like they'll have uh, fruits and vegetables um, and then some sort of meat or pasta, um, fr you know, fried chicken. Uh, they'll do uh, turkey, uh, chicken Alfredo, just different. Yeah, just different. Cool. Different meals yeah and, and speaking of food what's your do you have a go-to food or what's your diet looking like at the moment i'm just from a curious aspect yeah. yeah um my diet is typically through the day uh i usually make it on uh i eat like uh nuts and fruits typically through the course of the day and then uh at night for dinner like i'll get it once i i'll get a workout in and when i come home uh, I would love to sit and be like, oh, my diet is awesome. Like I'm dialed in, but, <laughs> but my dinner is typically like, is, is, is whatever. Um, and where uh, I'm typically, I'm a distance runner. So like, I've been able to, at this point to overcome some of my <laughs> dietary slackness. Uh, but through the day I am, I'm spot on, like through the day, it's, it's just water, nuts and berries type stuff just kind of get me yeah right the day. are you yeah. do you have a favorite dessert do you get do you, do you have a go-to uh ice cream uh, or would be yeah vanilla ice cream vanilla. on top of the warm brownie that's the <laughs> like oh. if i can have that like i'm good now come christmas time uh everybody around here always uh laughs at me because i'll put on about 20 pounds uh around the Christmas season because I drink about a carton of eggnog a day of a really crazy upset. Like it's a bad, it's a terrible habit. Like, can, and can, is it, a, can you explain to the Australian audience what the eggnog is? Cause it's not, I, we, we don't really have eggnog here in Australia. What, no. What, what is eggnog? I don't know what I would do. Uh, it's basically uh, a carton full of, of sugar. I, I mean, it's like uh I don't even know what I'll say um, other than it's just amazing. Uh, I guess like uh, egg, nutmeg, cinnamon, um, like I said, tons of sugar. Uh, it's like a, if you've ever had a vanilla milkshake, like a vanilla ice cream milkshake, um, and you, if you melt that down, that's what it, like it's a little bit thicker than milk, um, but it has that sweetness of a vanilla milkshake. And um, Ooh, okay. very, very bad, like incredibly bad for you. And I absolutely can't stop from November. I'll usually like book a race end of October. And so I'll be like disciplined up until like Halloween around the first week of November. 
but once that race is done and behind me, it's all bets off for like two months. It's just drinking that stuff and I will gain too much weight. And then January and February, March is like busting my tail to get it back off every year. And every year about this time, I'm like, why did I do that? I'm not going to do that again next year. And I do, I do the same thing every single year. Is there alcohol in eggnog? Do they put- uh, I don't, I don't put it in it, but a lot of people do. Yeah, a lot of people do. I, and I often wonder when people see me walking through the, the store with like 11 cartons, if they're like, that guy has a problem. Like, I didn't know his life was that rough. Like, I don't know. It's hard to say what they think. But um, yeah, some people do. I don't. I just drink it straight from the carton. <laughs> well, that's really, uh, that's really, that's really cool. Thanks. Um, I guess, sure. Like, so speaking of mindset, do you have any uh, processes that you go through or any rhythms or any, or any patterns that go through your day, like almost like a, like a ritual or do you, do you have any things that you, that you do on a daily basis or? Um, yeah, typically uh, I will. Um, I'm not a morning person at all. Uh, but uh you know, we, we all get up, we, you know, go to work. And, um, my typically routine is to, uh, um, I always go onto YouTube and usually watch or listen to while I'm getting ready and stuff like a, um, a church sermon of some sort that can like play in the background, uh, for the duration of me getting ready, usually an hour, uh, from, from here, from my house to school. Uh, I'll usually, listen to that to just kind of get my head right. Uh, a lot of people will wake up and read in the morning and God bless those people that can wake up and read in the morning. I yeah. wish I had been made that way, but I'm not at all. Like I, it takes me an hour or two to just to get going. Um, and, uh, but yeah, that's usually, that's the typical, like I have to have that every morning. Like if I don't have that time in the morning, like I'm off, like I'm, I'm, I'm thrown off. Like, I feel like I'm just like, shooting from the hip the rest of the way as the day uh, goes on. And then usually, uh, go ahead. Are you a coffee drinker? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's, but I'll typically, I try to, I'll do like coffee in the morning, coffee. I may take one at around uh, lunch, but I I don't drink too much. I try to not drink Mm. too much of it. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah I'm, in the, I'm in the same boat. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of over consume coffee and yeah, by the end of the day, I can't sleep. So it's uh, yeah. something I'm cutting back on. So yeah. I got to watch, I got ADHD. So I got to watch sugar. Like if I, if I take in sugar anytime after four or five, it's going to be a rough night. Like I'm going to be up. Wow. Super late. Okay. And you touched on your you, you watch a sermon in the morning. Uh, so I'm going to, this is, this is going to roll into my next question, which is, do you believe in God? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I did. Um, was, uh, I always, always have, um, I've had my, uh, my questioning. I love conversations about it. Uh, I have friends of all different, faiths or, or none at all. Like, um, and, uh, and I've just, I always enjoy those conversations, like just to, 
to keep an open mind and just hear where everybody's coming from um, and see everybody's different perspectives and things like mm -hmm. that. And, uh, but um, yeah, my, from my perspective and, and my faith is, yeah, yes, I, I believe in God for sure. Yeah. And what do you, and I guess, yeah, what do you say to those people that doubt you or that, uh, yeah, that try to put any doubt in your mind about God or what do you say to those people usually? Well, um, typically, uh, anytime uh, anybody's ever tried to uh, bring about questions, one, I'm not afraid of saying I don't know. Like that doesn't, to, to not know something doesn't scare, you know, doesn't scare me. Uh, I'm not an individual that says he's got it all figured out and I have all the answers. Um, so, uh, but I am a person that tries to, uh, I love learning. I, like I said, I love to hear all different perspectives. So um, I will seek out opinions that are differing from mine just to yeah. hear like different angles. And so I, I've tried to push myself to even doubt, to think of things that would, that would challenge me and that would push me. Um, so typically there's a lot of, uh, questions that maybe people would throw my way that I have thought about or, or um, dissected others. I'll say, I, I don't know, like, let me come back to you, you know, with that. I, uh, I, I guess the most common one is the, the most common expression that I hear is if God is real, why does he cast so much pain in the world? You know, in the, right. yeah, that's like a massive thing. Right. How do you, how do you navigate that question? That question? Well, it's, I always want to look at the one pain is a lot of times we see pain doesn't feel good. Uh, suffering doesn't feel good. Um, however, anytime, like if you were suffering, um, that is also an opportunity though for your friends or those around you to help you to step in and, and to show you i have experienced the greatest amount of love from friends and family in my deepest in my moments of deepest pain and um and so while i know suffering and pain hurt uh, i also see that as as an opportunity to show um, the love of god now um, unfortunately, do a lot of people do that? No, a lot of people, you know, will say, well, I'm glad that's not happening to me, um, rather than say, that's not happening to me. So maybe I can give you my resources, maybe I can help you. Um, because that's not happening to me, I have more to offer at the moment, because I'm in that spot. And, uh, and, you know, my faith goes back to, you know, everything was right in the beginning. And then it goes wonky, so to speak. And, uh, and so we're all essentially on this roller coaster where the seatbelts don't latch. And, uh, and, and some, some of us hang in there longer than others, but ultimately, like, it's, a, it's broken in the moment. And, um, but again, my perspective is that, uh, that God is wanting to right all that was wrong but he uses us to do it. Um, and, uh, and I think sometimes we excel and we do really a really good job at that. And I think other times 
a lot of times we drop the ball, we miss it because we're selfish and we get doing our own thing and, uh, and other people suffering we're, we have it so smooth. And I think sometimes too, we get it. Life is so smooth that we forget how broken things are. Like we forget that at any moment it could go sideways. Um, and so, but I mean, so that's my, I always think like certain things, like if he would stop this or if he would stop that, I wonder if from his perspective, he was like, but I was trying to get you all involved. Like I was trying to, like, I was, I was like lot, like that was a softball toss. Like you could have knocked that out of the park and showed somebody this crazy amount of love that would have changed their life and changed their perspective forever. Like, you know, while we're sitting there going fix this or change this, he's like, Oh, but if you got in there, it would fix, it would, you know, it would change. Um, but when we're talking suffering on a large scale and suffering on a global, you know, uh, uh, you know, horrific historical tragedies, um, you know, that goes back to, and I don't mean to minimize that anybody's pain when I say like a, when I was talking like we're on a broken roller coaster um, or this, this world is, is fallen or broken. Um, I don't mean to like minimize anybody's pain with that kind of simple simple answer i just know that i believe that god uses us to kind of right a lot of those wrongs because i i mm. I, I mean if we would i think i i think even someone without faith in god or anything would say most of the suffering in the world is at the hands of man at the hands of someone else like it you know yes there are weather and there are natural disaster type things but a lot of the other suffering is people towards other people yeah. more so than just things that kind of just happen. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was reading something from a, a philosopher the other day, his name's Blaise Pasquale. And he puts an interesting perspective on the whole debate of God. And he, he puts it, he, and this guy was a mathematician. He was very logical. He was very rational, but, and he, he has faith. He believes in God. And he says that it's actually more beneficial as a human to believe in God because having that belief provides you with a, a mental advantage. And th this is how I've interpreted it. So he, it provides you with a mental advantage in tough times. You know, it's almost like having an extra, uh, almost like an extra mentor in your life when times get tough, as opposed to if you didn't believe in God, you don't quite have that openness. You're a bit more closed off. And he, he puts it in those perspective. He says that, yeah, there's more advantage in believing in God. So I definitely, and I, I agree with that actually, because I, I do personally believe in God and I, and I, and I pray regularly, just, I pray for gratefulness. You know, I'm in such a bless. I'm in such a easy situation in my life touch wood yeah. nothing's you know I, I'm, I'm cruising at the moment so I, I thank God for that yeah and yeah it's just an interesting because it's just an interesting perspective just I just thought I'd get your take on it so thanks yeah. th thanks for sharing that yeah it's no problem that was the hardest that was uh within the book when I touch on the spiritual aspect of it that was the toughest chapter to write um, because it's, it's, um, it's one thing to know, uh, 
I, I know my world and I know that, like I said, I have friends of all different faiths that, um, that we, uh, that I've grown up with people who don't even b- believe in God altogether. And we still hang out. We get along great. Like we love each other. Like we respect each other. And uh, so I know that in my world, I have those people around me. Um, but you, you want to convey uh, when I'm writing the book, it's like, okay, how do I convey that? That's my spirit. Like that is my natural disposition. Um, so that as, so that I don't come across as like, you know, uh, believe this or else, like, like I'm, I'm just sharing, like, this is my perspective. Like, this is my, um, this is what I believe on this. And that was the toughest chapter by far. So I can't, I don't know how many times I, I rewrote it. And ultimately I had to just be like, this is, this is good. I just trust that people will know my heart and know where I'm coming from. Um, but yeah, those are, I mean, anything when it comes to God are the biggest questions. It's such a touchy topic and I'm wondering why it's such a touchy topic, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's been used to its predominance so many times, you know, like people have abused it. Like, uh, I mean, a lot of people throughout history have taken it and twisted it and, and used it. And when you can twist and manipulate something and say that it was God, um, that gives it that extra little oomph to it. And, uh, and unfortunately people have misrepresented, uh, I think the Christian faith for sure, uh, throughout the years, heartbreakingly so. Um, and so I think people now are kind of on a defensive, you know, when, when the whole thing is initially about love and grace, like who would ever not want that to be around them? Uh, and so, uh, and so if that's what you're conveying, um, I think that it, it will take those people's walls will come down if that's what your life is about, if you're living that out, um, and I think the more and more people live that out, like you said, it, the, the, it, the less touchier the subject will become as people, even when you approach that subject, you approach it with love and grace. Um, you give people room to say, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't know about that. Like I'm still trying to figure this out um, and share their own experiences. Like you give them that room to do that. And I think, if more and more people could maybe approach it that way, it would, it would certainly ease the tension with the topic. Yeah. And I wanted to get your opinion on something else. And I spoke to a lady the other day and she was a, she was a born Buddhist converted to a Christian and she's got a Muslim name. So she's got like, what, what's your opinion of, religion as a whole like i guess having can you subscribe to multiple religions at once or is are you only you kind of locked in type of deal what i mean well i've uh i've often made the the statement that uh typically <laughs> uh I, I know i got a buddy who was buddhist for um for a long time and uh, and then converted to christianity and uh and he was one of the coolest like easygoing christians that i had ever met like super uh great mindset um i i'm all for uh 
like I would say, studying all different religions and gathering information because uh, there's good, I would, in most every religion I've studied, there's good there. It's not, there's not all, you know, it's not, it's not all bad. Um, there's, there's good, you can have, there's things to learn, uh, I would say from every one of them. Uh, however, you know, going to, and this is when a lot of people, you know, can kind of like back up a little bit and they'll say, uh, but when it comes to uh, a relationship with God, um, my, my faith is, is the Christian faith. And that's through, that's through Christ uh, rather than through just through multiple religions. Uh, I, I, it seems as though of all the religions I've studied, the Christian, you know, Christianity has the, uh, a guy paid the highest price, you know, like the worst, like all the other ones that were started were started by a guy that just kind of lived and died. Didn't really necessarily have to go through like all the beatings and the, you know, and if there were multiple ways to God, I don't know why one would be much more horrific, uh, than others as far as when, when you go into the, the beatings of Christ. So I, I would say when it comes to your relationship with God, you know, I say that's through Christ. Uh, but again, because someone else doesn't believe like me, doesn't mean that they're not my friend, that we can't talk, that, uh, that we can't disagree. And, you know, if somebody looks at me and says, uh, Oh, I disagree with you. Like, I think that I, w I would say, okay, like, <laughs> Like, would you say that there's another way to reach God aside from Christianity, or would you say that that's the only way to reach God? Well, I, I think that I think that God is constantly uh, reaching out to us. Um, I, I, I mean, why else would would we be here? Why else would He have us here? Like, He's constantly reaching out to us, and and He'll use all different means, I think, to do so. Uh, but I think it's ultimately in following the example of, of Jesus. Like, to me, that is the example of what it is to be in tune yeah. with God. And so, uh, to me, following any other example would, would fall short. And again, that's my faith. Like, you know, so I would say ultimately, um, to follow after God and to fall in line with what he wants for us and for us to uh, serve other people and how we love other people and show grace to other people. Uh, for me, Jesus is that example, that perfect example. Do you believe that Jesus was real? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every, everything, I, like I said, all the questions that I've, dug into everything yeah leads me back to that i always say you know uh i don't think real or not real seems to it's you know whether somebody believes that he was divine yeah. or not is the, yeah. the big question yeah yeah i don't know i i got no idea as well so like for me for me i, I just yeah i'm just curious from from that aspect so sure. and and um yeah yeah, so I guess have you had any uh, experiences? Any 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 experiences that may seem supernatural in your life, or may seem a little bit strange? And 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, and this isn't like a shameless plug, but like this, this is kind of like, uh, this is the, this is kind of the, the true origin of the book, the, the Martian book that I wrote is that is this it's, right. it has seemed like all my life, uh, there was always this pull towards, um, social justice, empathy, service, um, this tie to, if I'm in a room with people, um, everybody can be laughing, but if one person is sad or shows like a different disposition, I'm instantly like locked into that person. And how can I make them, um, how can I get them to the rest of the room and how can I lift them up? And, uh, and, but being that way, has caught, caused me to basically grow up incredibly weird. I mean, incredibly, like that is like, you know, I mean, in middle school, the goal is to join a pack. Like it's to find your group and lock in and ride that out. Um, and, uh, and when that doesn't make sense to you, when it doesn't make sense that like, how do you, like people aren't shapes, colors, letters and numbers like it's not categories like people aren't categories like they're individuals with individual stories and when you go about life that way um from the beginning for as long far back as i can remember uh that to me felt like a touch of supernatural like that doesn't make sense that like kids think that way to me like um and i'm with i'm around students all the time and that is not a normal again the normal is to one, when you're in elementary school is to be a kid. The only thing you care about yeah. is whether the weather and you can play outside. Middle school is link up with a group. Uh, and high school is to stay in that group. And, um, and so uh, I've always felt like there was always this pull on my life towards, um, again, serving people, helping people uh, in some way. And um and I've tried to run from that. That's the thing. Like uh, I talk about this in my book. Like mm. I was, I tried to pull away from that. Like I was like, you know what? Like I'm done helping people. I'm done with the God stuff. I'm done with Christianity. Like I'm just going to go do my own thing. And, uh, and I had a buddy, like while I was living in that season in my life, a, a friend of mine uh, calls me up high and uh, he can't drive home. And I'm the guy that he calls. And so like I go and I pick him up and he's like, man, I can't go home like this. Like if I walk in and like my folks see me like this, like it's going to be bad. So he's like, can we just drive around? So we're driving around and he's wanting to talk to me about God. And I'm like, I'm trying to get out of this stuff. Like I'm trying to like, I'm trying to just do me right now and not like have these conversations. And, um, and I remember him being like, man, if you could give me one Bible verse, like, what would it be? And I'm like over there, like, it's dark at night. And like, I'm like rolling my eyes, like, dude, like, I'm really just trying to do me like, uh, so I throw out a Bible verse and he pauses and he's like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And I'm like, what? Like, how is that what you needed to hear? Like, I just, and, uh, wow. so I'm like, I drop him off at his house. Like, and I go and I pull over in a parking lot, like, and just me and God kind of have, I have a shouting match. Like, I'm just like, why do you just keep pulling me back into, to this? Like, wow. like, why is that? Like, and then, 
and I started to then be in tune of other people and kids growing up who kind of had those same characteristics that they just seemed like they were just a part of something that their parents didn't put them into their environment didn't put them into like they were just it was like this common thread and uh and that's why I was just always like I it just feels like I'm from somewhere else like there's just something else somewhere else operating this that's not and so when you say it one there's not been one specific supernatural it's just kind of been a string of like odd like you know why do I keep what's pulling me back into this why why do I act this way why can't I just be normal why can't I just be like everybody else um who doesn't seem to have a care in the world like and uh that's just again that's not the hand I was dealt so it's almost like a string of supernatural mm. even what it feels like yeah yeah even I've kind of have gone through that where I mean I work a nine-to-five job which is I guess very structured very process driven and and this is why I've kind of ventured into podcasting because it's a creative outlet Right. And I'm learning so much talking to different people like yourself. And yeah, it's, I've never quite understood the conventional schooling method and the conventional, um, yeah, just the way, I mean, going into my past, I've been fired from jobs, you know, because just, uh, you know, I've questioned a lot of things and I've probably more, more, more suit, more due to my lack of, um, uh, lack of discipline, I guess I, 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 they sacked me, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of never really kind of fit into, uh, the conventional model of society, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, um, and see, that's, that's exactly, I mean, and when you don't fit in, you, when you don't fit in, you feel out of place. Like you feel like an outsider. And, uh, and, and what I, what I started noticing, and I, I mean, um, the first student that I called a Martian at, at school, I, I brought her in and she was like black, like no colors, all black clothes. Um, very, her drawings were dark and, uh, um, but she was like an exceptional student. Like if you talk to her, like she just could articulate her thoughts at just, and she was too young to be as mature as she was and um, horrible life. Both of her parents had overdosed, passed away, like just a really rough life. And, um, and as I was talking to her, I said, um, I was like, uh, I said, what if the way that you are, it's not that you're, out to the side what if you're up ahead and I was like because the view the view is similar in those two you you don't you're not in the group um and I was like but you have allowed yourself to believe that you're to the side you're the outcast and you've not let yourself be a leader that you maybe are um, supposed to set a trend that you're supposed to be a trailblazer rather than um, go on this path that everybody's going and you bring other people along with you. And, uh, and that's when I, I said, what if you have this world inside of you that's trying to escape and it's a beautiful world and it's a better world. 
um, and it doesn't have an outlet and it doesn't, and you're just, and it feels like you're imploding. It feels like you're dark, like you're alone. And, um, and I said, but you know, you have the ability to go back and make, help others not feel alone and this and that, and the remarkable change in her. And that's what I was telling her. And that's why I said, you're a Martian. Like, you're just, you're a Martian. Like you're not, you're here, but you're not, the world that's in you is from somewhere else. Like it's better. It's whole. It's not, wow. you're not, be you're not better than the other students, but what's inside of you has a better message, has a more whole message. And the transformation that, that I saw in her. And then I started being like, all right, well, maybe, you know, we, we always focus on these kids whose lives are, are clearly in shambles, but like, what about these kids that are low key suffering? They may be doing well, they're off, they're off the radar, under the radar, like nobody's catching it. So I started trying to pay more attention to these students. And, uh, and finally this one kid, uh, I, I said, I told him the same thing that I told the girl, like, this is what I think you are. Like you really fit this description. And I mean, it was like a weight was off of his shoulders and he was like, are there more in this school like me? Like, is there more? Cause I feel so alone. Like here I am in a class of 300 and I feel like I'm all by myself. Like he was like, if there's more of us, you've got to get us together. You've got to put us together. And so we started a group at school of this like group of Martians and, uh, and, and it was just really just trying to teach them, like embrace that difference that's in you like quit trying to feel bad about it don't beat yourself up about it don't try to um run from that like it could be that could be the very thing that you're here for is you know and all those experiences and everything that's happened to you compiled and put together um could be a force like that just does so much uh love and service and and healing in this world um and so that's really what this mission has been about um, with the book and with all of it has just been to take people that feel like they're outsiders, feel like they're lost and give them that purpose to embrace their identity um, again as a trailblazer or as a leader. Um, and so that's what I'm hoping like gets relayed um, with the material. Wow, that's a really that's a really good message that you're spreading. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting because there's this idea. I read this in a book somewhere. I can't remember, but it, it talks about how the future generations uh, of our children are becoming uh, more. Uh, what's the word? They're, they're a little bit more intelligent than the previous generation. If that, if that makes sense. So yeah, like, I feel like I know the digital age that kids born in, I think past 2005 or 2010 have always been brought up with a smartphone. So they're, they're introduced with this technology at a, at a younger age and they're becoming more adapt to it quicker than the previous yeah. generation. So yeah, it's just interesting how I guess we're all changing as humans and yeah, it kind of touches back on your book, The Martians, how you are discovering these amazing abilities in these children. And the, yeah. and everyone's unique, you know, everyone's got their own, their own, um, their own message to, to, to share, I believe. Yeah. 
And that's what, that's what I had. I had one girl, she sent me a message and said, um, she was like, the more I'm reading this book, I feel like anybody could be this. And I was like, absolutely. Like, I think that there are just some people who are showing like those qualities natural, like it's just in them. But the, the possibility for all of us to show that those same, again, love, grace, helping, serving, uh, hope, like everybody has that ability to, to produce that and to, to have that flow out of them. Um, it's just, I, I often use the uh, analogy, I said, uh, all computers now connect to Wi-Fi, uh, but you have to manually find a network um, but until you don't know what all a computer can do until you can connect to the internet. And I said, there's just some people, uh, if, you know, if we were all laptops, when you open the laptop, it's connected. It seems like they're connected instantly and, but they're connected to show other people, Hey, you can be connected too. Um, you yeah. can do all, do all these same things too. You're almost kind of like, uh, helping humanity. You're almost raising humanity teaching humanity to be a better version of themselves. Right. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Well, um, I think I might finish the conversation there, Cliff. It's been, yeah. it's been really enjoyable experience talking with you and there's a lot of, there's a lot to unpack in this podcast. So yeah. hopefully the audience takes a lot out of this and how can people find your book? What's, what's, the, how, how can people, um, uh, it's on Amazon. Uh, so again, the title is Martian, a non-science fiction guide for how to love, raise, and possibly be someone not quite human. It's a long title, uh, but like, it's just, it's, it's here, it's on Amazon. Um, and, uh, I mean, that's, that's primarily, uh, how I'm selling. I'm in the process of, uh, of putting together a website and kind of like starting daily writings or weekly writings and stories, short stories and things like that. But um, yeah, through Amazon, if you, if you type in Martian, it should be there in the, in the search. Cool. No worries. All right. Well, uh, I'll end it at that. And thanks guys for listening. All the best. Thank you. See you, buddy.